Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And tonight, we have on a man named James Kaldemeyer. And you, if you've heard of him, then you're either a fisherman or you have seen a video or a testimony of his on I Am Second. And when I first heard about him, one of my cousins, and, and I guess her and her husband, they do the, they go fishing or in fishing tournaments together and stuff. And she calls and says, hey, I saw this boat, I Am Second, and she watched the video and, and uh, sent me and said, you got to interview him. And that's kind of how this all started. But uh, how are you doing tonight, James? I'm doing great, Todd. I appreciate you having me on the show and being able to talk about uh, my testimony and I am second and uh, fishing in general. Well, I've, I've never seen your boat before, but, you know, first my cousin tells me about your boat. And then uh, I took a car up last week to Paris, Texas, to have Mike Heron, who owns Mike's Custom Paint and Body Shop. This kind of sounds like a plug, but <laughs> yeah, we're sponsored by Mike's Custom Paint and Body Shop today. But, so I, I take the car up there, and this is like the fourth car I've taken there. And so I know the guy well. You know, I used to work with his wife, but I know the work he does too. And I have never had a problem with anything, and I have with other paint and body shops, so it's worth it to me to go out of the way and take it over to him. Anyway, Mike says, oh, I know that guy. His boat says I am second, and I'm thinking, this has got to be some great-looking boat or something, you know? But uh, do you want to start with sharing your testimony, and then we'll go into what you're doing now? Yeah, I can do that. you know, it's funny you say that because there's, you know, that's the whole thing about I Am Second, just to kind of give people an idea if they haven't seen or heard. It's it's a lot of uh, video testimonies on the I Am Second website that uh, just talk about, you know, people's situations or life problems that they've occurred in and and they've and they've struggled with or or gotten through and conquered and uh, most of them uh, through Christ and you know why how that you know, Christ became first in their life. And, um, you know, a lot of people are out like your friend and they've, they've seen the truck or they've seen billboards or my boat, uh, out at Lake Fork or out on the road. And it's a very inquisitive thing. You know, it's, that's what it was meant to be was to help people, you know, kind of inquire and wonder and ask, um, you know, what, what is I am second? So, um, but uh yeah i i uh struggled with addiction at a young age uh 14 15 years old i started um uh, drinking a lot and partying and carrying on with uh other friends in school and you know just going down the wrong road at an early age in life and it wasn't long before i found myself in in trouble in uh dwis and in uh, public intoxications and, you know, just the, the normal thing that goes along with the troubles of, you know, the party life or, you know, high school, college, drinking ages that uh, 
we get into at a young age and some of us. And so, uh, that was my deal. You know, I, uh, I, I, unfortunately due to the alcoholism that I had, had, uh, begun to, uh, allow to consume my life at a young age was, I didn't graduate from, from high school on time. Uh, I actually had to go back in the summer and finish my college, uh, diploma and, uh, and receive it after the actual graduation. My mother was heartbroken because she had just a party ready and invitations out and what have you. But because of my lack of ability to get up and go to school my senior year, I was uh, held held back one class that left me like two credits short of graduation. It was just heartbreaking for her, you know, uh, just one of the instances, in fact, that you know, just the the drinking and the and the partying have had left uh, scars on my on my family and my relationships in life, and you know, something that I'm definitely not proud of. But uh, that was my situation at the time, and you know, the alcohol had me blinded to the fact that I, I was even causing this kind of damage to people or uh, allowing them to be affected in the way that they were, uh, and and just, you know, being considerate to that and knowing, you know, kind of what was going on. But uh, I kind of hit my bottom, you know, a little bit in high school, got into some more trouble. And, you know, I can even remember a time when I sat down with my parents and they told me, you know, about Jesus and about Christ and how, you know, he wanted to save you and just, you know, if you give your life over to him, which I had known all these things growing up. I'd, I'd grown up in church. My parents were Christians, and I had been around that my whole life. And I'd always just kind of, yeah, you know, okay, that's great. And, you know, I know, what, I know what Jesus is, and I know what all that's about. And, you know, I'm fine. And, uh, you know, it just got to the point where I did what I had to do to pacify both my parents and my situation with my standing with Christ to just let myself, you know, make myself feel better about how things were. In the in the background, though, uh, things were a mess, and I knew they were, and you know, I really didn't have any answer for straightening them out, straighten things out. Even though I thought I did, I knew I, I felt like I could fix it and get myself together, and I always had people coming up to me asking me, hey, you're all right, man, you know, you don't look okay, you know, I'm worried about you, and yeah, yeah, I'm fine, you know, I got this, and, you know, it's no big deal, and all the other stuff that goes along with it, but uh, I was completely blinded by what Satan was trying to do to me in in my life and and, and the ways that he was trying to destroy me, and uh, it was uh, it was scary, you know, looking back, but uh you know, I, I I put it off. I just uh, ignored it. You know, I had this thing about myself, you know, which most men do and you know, most people do that are strong-willed that, you know, I got myself together. I know I don't need nobody telling me what to do. You know, I know my shortcomings. I know where I need to improve or, you know, get things together. And, you know, I'm working on it. But in the meantime, I was just so discouraged by the fact that I just couldn't, get myself together and, and it just got worse and worse. I, I depended on the alcohol drinking, you know, three or four times a week and sometimes, you know, every day to pacify that 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 void in my life that I knew that was uh just going downhill and 
and it just progressively got worse. And, uh, you know, it all built up to the point where I just got out of, of, of high school and, you know, I, I had, you know, two years probably, and I had just turned 21 and my cousin was actually out with me and we decided we were going to go to, uh, just kind of go bar hopping around and, and hit a few places. And, you know, he was driving, you know, I didn't, I didn't drive, you know, he didn't drink really. And, you know, he was just more there to uh, see the girls and stuff like that. And so we headed out one night, got to a place uh, not far from my house uh, in Longview, Texas. And we were um, hanging out and I was drinking and, and uh, you know, I had six or seven beers, I think, in probably a short period of time, probably an hour or so, an hour and a half. And, and I really just wasn't feeling like I wanted to be there or, you know, just kind of tired, worked all day that day and hadn't really eaten anything. And I was ready to go home. So I told my cousin, I said, hey, man, let's go. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not into this. It was about 10 o'clock. And, and uh, you know, he had met up with a girl and he was already talking to her and kind of said, hey, you know, I'm I'm kind of occupied with this. And. I, I want to, you know, kind of hang out with her. So, you know, which I understood. And you know, I felt like I was okay. So he just kind of tossed me the keys and said, you know, you'll be all right. And I said, yeah. And so I headed out. And, you know, I was headed back home probably about a 10-mile, 12-mile drive from there to my house. And, you know, halfway home, I was just uh, kind of nod down, tired, the, the effects of the alcohol. And, uh, you know, I remember crossing the center line kind of pulling the wheel back and real, rolling down my window and just turning up the radio and just trying to get home. And uh, I, I, the last thing I remember, you know, is, uh, you know, I nodded down again. And when I woke up, it, I was laying in the middle of the highway and I had sheriff's department and EMS and everyone else trying to help uh, myself as well as the other vehicle that was, uh, in a head-on collision with myself for crossing the center line and uh, about a foot or two across the center line and, and, and hit head on. Um, and uh, I just, it just, to this day, I, I remember the smell of smoke and the, and the oil and the antifreeze and just laying there in the highway, uh, not knowing where I was or what happened and, and just the uh, sound of, and smell of some of the things that were going on that just will never leave me. And it, and it was extremely traumatic. I rode, uh, you know, with the paramedics to the local hospital. I didn't know the situation or anything. And, and uh, later on found out that uh, the driver of the other car did not make it. And, uh, you know, it was at that point that my my whole world changed uh, drastically, and um, I realized that I had come become completely out of control and did not know how to fix it. And I remember being released from the hospital to the custody of the sheriff's department and going to a cell and, and just getting down on my knees and crying out to God and asking him to help me because I did not know anymore how to fix what was going on in my life. Uh, I didn't know what I needed to do anymore. And just, it was just terrifying. Uh, the, the anguish and the hurt and the guilt that went along with 
what I had caused, not to just uh, my family and myself, but, you know, primarily to this other innocent family and uh, their loved ones was just completely overwhelming to me. Uh, and uh, I just remember getting down on my knees in a jail cell and crying out to God and asking him to just come into my life and and fix me and change me because I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I knew I couldn't do it. And even though I told myself for several years prior that I could, I, I was just beyond repair. And, you know, it was at that time I remember laying down on a, on a hard cell uh, floor and just feeling the peace of God would come over me and just knowing that, uh, feeling like, you know, comfort and, uh, even though as, as bad as the situation was, I felt comforted. And I remember waking up the next morning and I'd fallen asleep there in that position. I remember waking up the next morning and, and I just felt, uh, I felt hope. I felt, uh, a renewing of my, of my spirit and just, uh, everything that was going on. So, I mean, even though I knew that, uh, I'd caused a, a devastating situation for myself and, and 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 another person in their life that I knew that God was right there with me and He was going to help me through it. And uh, you know the peace that came over me was just overwhelming. So I just leaned on Him. My family was there to support me. They they knew that I had what had happened with me and and I kind of explained to them how I had I had uh, reached out and and just. God at the feet of God, God and just asked him to, you know, have mercy on me and allow me to uh, receive him and for him to truly come into my heart. All the things that I had known and built up to with my family prior to all this, that I was kind of just playing the game. Uh, I knew, you know, about Jesus and you know, I even remember times that I'd prayed with my mom and dad to accept Christ and truly never did just because I was... I was just playing the game just to pacify them and and make them feel better about whatever I was into and in trouble for. But this time it was real and and I knew it was real because I, I just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit come over me in a way that I never felt. And and uh, you know just looking back, it was my it was my comfort in the situation and it was a way for me to move forward. And uh, it's just an amazing thing. It's it's something that uh, if you haven't experienced. You know, I uh, highly encourage you just surrender yourself to God and accept Jesus for who He is and allow Him to come in and just uh, receive Him in your life. But uh, I had consequences. There was no pulling punches on that after that was all done, and I knew I knew they were coming, and rightfully so. I knew I deserved what I had coming, and and I was willing to uh, accept it. God gave me the strength to just step up to the plate and, and realize where I was with things. And, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't take, uh, any way of around trying to fight the, uh, the sentencing or the, the consequences. I actually, in fact, um, plea bargained to, uh, to a lesser sentence and just, uh, admitted my guilt so that, uh, I could, spare the family of having to endure a trial was my main thing. I didn't really care about the sense part of it. I just wanted to, you know, keep them from having to relive the whole situation in a, in a court or in trial. And, and, 
you know, I was sentenced by a Texas person to criminal justice nine years in, in Texas uh, jail and prison. So I actually went to uh, prison for several years and uh, paid the consequences for my crime. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a time that God really just worked in my life. I can't, you know, people always ask me, you know, you know, what would you do if you could have it over, you know, and I, I really truthfully, besides the fact of, uh, you know, the consequences that uh, came along with them with the victim and, and the, and the hurt and pain that, that they were caused. Besides that, I, I wouldn't have anything any other way for myself because it was the only way God was going to reach me. And, uh, you know, everybody always says you, you reach a point in your life where you just kind of hit rock bottom and, and, uh, it's at that point you're most vulnerable and God's able to come in and do a work in you that he would never have been able to do had, had you not be there in that situation. And it was, it was evidently true in my situation. And, uh, I think in our, in my weakness, that's when I was, that, that's when God's, um, power was most, most evident. And, uh, he was able to pick me up and put me on my feet and uh, get me through the situation. There was so much growth during that time, and uh, just his his spirit upon me the whole time I was growing through that situation. It's kind of like, you know, Moses out in the wilderness, and that was my time. You know, I got to the point where uh, I was allowed to, to get out, and uh, and uh, I had freedom, you know, to come home and, and be with my family. Um, I had pretty much lost everything, which, uh, you know, was... Is how things go when you're you're uh, under the uh, influence of of the strings of addiction. So, um, which most people find, I think. But uh, I was able to get out and still have an opportunity at a young age to uh, move forward. And I was just thankful that God granted me that mercy in in the situation. And uh, you know, He just started work, and I, I made it my determination that. Uh, in life that I was going to uh, glorify him through everything I did, no matter what he put me in front of and, and how he used me or where he, what kind of platform he put me under. And, you know, it was funny because everybody talks about, well, what, what got you towards fishing? And uh, it was funny because my dad had always raised me up and my grandfather fishing. And uh, that was what I did, you know, when I, when I didn't have anything else to go do with my time. And, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I think God reverted me back to my childhood and, and things that uh, were important to me then. And I was able to move forward uh, and embrace that. And I just, that's all I did. I, I remember my dad taking off work when I got out and just spending time with me fishing and just catching up and just going out enjoying the peace of the outdoors and and catching fish and and what have you so uh it wasn't long after after that i i had been i had been fishing lake fork for years uh prior to that and um you know i just become enthralled with the lake again and and spending my time out there and and uh you know god uh brought me back to my to my roots and and basically you know just got me to the point where he was going to use what he had originally instilled in me uh, to become a platform for ministry and to use for uh, reaching other people for his sake. So that's kind of where I found myself. It's a, it's another, you know, kind of long story. I don't know if we have 
time for that, but uh, but the way he reached out to me when I was, uh, you know, released and began to pursue what he had for me was pretty amazing, too. Hey, well, let me ask you a question about during your time in prison. Uh, did a lot of people come and and preach and talk to you in prison? Yeah, there was always, you know, church. I mean, if the church doors usually were open, I was I was down there and able to, you know, hear, uh, you know, a word from somebody coming in from the outside to share about Christ and and just a message. Uh, you know, a lot of times it was for, for the guys that, uh, you know, were were in my situation prior that needed him and needed to accept him. And I knew that message was there, but uh, I just. Uh, you know, I just took away from it what he had for me to grow with and, and kept involved with the church and, and also tried to reach those guys around me that needed the same thing that, that I did that hadn't had quite found it yet. Because we've got quite a few listeners that, uh, you know, go down and, and speak in prisons or, you know, are used to. They, they may not do it anymore because they've gotten older, but... but um, so this will be good for them to hear because it, it is nice to... Sometimes when you do stuff like that, you feel like, Lord, what am I doing this for? Am I really reaching somebody? You know, and uh, you just never know where things are going. But um, yeah, and and that was one of the things that you know was was able to. I was allowed after a period of time being out to be able to re-enter some of those same facilities, and I you know I made it. To, a priority of mine to be able to go back into those same places that I had served time in and, uh, you know, signed up for the volunteer program, did the, did the volunteer, uh, time, you know, two weekends, I think that you have to serve to get registered to become a volunteer that you can go in and out of the prisons. And, and, uh, I was able to serve, uh, as a registered volunteer and, and go in and speak. And, you know, you talk about a powerful situation. I mean, um, being able to go in and share with those guys in their situations, whatever they might be, uh, as dismal as they might seem, and, and and as dejected as they they are, or or as futile as they feel like their situation is, and give them hope in Christ, not just you know where they are, but for where He wants them to to be, and where He wants to bring them from and into the same way that He did me, and you know it's powerful. They they just they think that's the that's the coolest thing uh, to see that someone else in their same situation being uh, brought from where they are. It's it's a powerful testimony of Christ's power in, in uh, anyone's situation if they're able to surrender their life to Him and just allow Him to to fix them uh, where they are. I know that there's people that will hear this show and they'll be thinking to themselves, well, you know. I, I, I only maybe have one drink or something or, you know, that, that would never happen to me. But, um, episode 27, I interviewed a famous author and speaker who speaks to millions, Shannon Etheridge. And basically when she was the third day in junior in high school as a junior, and she was uh, heading to school and remembered she forgot to put her makeup on, went to adjust the mirror and ran over something. And she thought it was a farm animal, got out, and she had killed a lady on, you know, on, that was riding a bike. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, yeah, it's just... nowadays, 
with texting and driving with, I mean, it, it is so, oh. so easy for your life to be changed within just a moment. Oh yeah. You know, it, you know I always tell people, you know, I mean, I had dirt, you know, and I'm not saying this to, to, uh, I definitely, you know, don't want to give any glory to Satan in my life, but he, you know, he had me enthralled in alcoholism and, uh, you know, I can remember times that I didn't even remember how I got home. You know, I don't remember how I was driving and, and drove home and woke up in the morning and, and, the, and the truck was in the yard and the door wide open with keys and ignition and the lights on. And uh don't remember a bit of it. And, you know, that particular night I was uh, fully aware of, of what was going on. And, uh, you know, you always hear or see on the news about these type of stories and, and what they are and, and how tragic they are. And, and you know, I had, I had lots of friends, and even myself included, you know, oh, that'll never, you know, that would never happen to me. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm responsible. I, you know, get, get somebody to drive or, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm never that drunk or, you know, I can, I can handle it. You know, that was my whole thing. I, I got this under control and, and uh really you don't and uh you know it happens in the blink of an eye and uh and that's that's what happened in my situation i mean it was literally a blink of an eye and 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 my whole life uh changed from that point forward yeah you know shannon said that she spends a lot of time nowadays going and speaking to the high school kids and stuff one-on-one that have killed somebody texting and driving but um that has become a big part of her ministry because, uh, you know, she gets called and, and, you know, and she knows what they're going through and she knows what, uh, it's just crazy. But, uh, okay. So I've been wanting to interview you for quite a while and it just kept getting kind of put off, but you know how God kind of nudges you in one way. So here I'm working at a hospital and this nurse, uh, Julia short and her husband, well, she said, we're going to uh, Lake Fork, and we've got this uh, fishing guide that's going to take us out fishing. And I said, okay, let me guess. His name's James, right? And she said, yeah, how did you know? And I said, because I, I, you know, I know it's God pushing me saying, interview the guy. So tell us about, by the way, she came back and said, uh, great experience. They caught a ton of, of fish and, and, you know, really spoke very highly of you, but Tell us how you yeah. got into the fishing now. Yeah, we had a great time. There, Julie and Monty uh, are great, great people. Uh, we we thoroughly enjoyed our time on the water and uh, look forward to getting out with them again. Uh, it, it's just uh, you know that's a God thing, and uh, you know He He uh, puts people in your life. I, I thoroughly agree that uh, and believe that He puts the people before you that you need to have around you at the time and. And uh, that's that's evident every year of my guiding. I actually pray over the people that God sends me that uh, I'm able to uh, use the platform of uh, an incredible fishery in Lake Fork and the bass fishing that we have there to share uh, Christ in a way that, uh, you because know, most people, they come out to fish and, you know, they're, they're out there to get away from the daily grind of things and they don't, they don't, they don't want to, know to, to worry about their troubles or anything else but you know i i oftentimes will start the day with a prayer in the boat before we head out and 
you would be surprised how many doors that's opened for me uh, over the years to be able to share with other people in their lives, and uh, not just it just it becomes more than fishing. It's it's more of a life thing, and and I think that's what my father and grandfather instilled in me was it's not just fishing. It's it's life, and uh, if you can share that and and experience that with other people, it's all the more rewarding, especially when when Christ is the center of it. So. We have a great time out there every every year. You know, I'm looking forward to the spring coming up right now, and and all the uh, good times and memories that we'll make, and the, and the lives that'll be impacted through uh, the platform that God's bestowed upon me. Just want to say I really do appreciate you coming on, and uh, I will definitely, you know, have them link the stuff on. Matter of fact, your I am second video, I will ask them to link that on to the uh, bottom too because. If they haven't seen that, um, w- one thing about I started going through some of the I Am Second videos, and there's a lot of famous actors and, and everything else on there. Oh, yeah, it's grown incredibly over the years. I remember when it first started, you know, uh, just to give you a little background of how I've become involved with I Am Second is, you know, I had started, as I said, uh, with my fishing as a ministry uh, for Christ, and I had a a friend of mine come out, and uh, his name is Kevin, and uh, well, he's, he's a friend of mine now, but I didn't know him at the time, and he had come out to fish with me, booked a trip, and uh, we got out there. I started to pray over our trip as we headed out. We got out there to fish, and he said, hey, I'm a believer too. You know, uh, it's awesome to know there's people like you out here, you know, doing what you do, and he started to tell me about how his mother was uh one of the coordinators for a new ministry that was going to start and and uh, it was going to be you know christ-centered and, and reaching people for christ and that it was going to involve anywhere from nascar drivers to professional athletes to just regular ordinary everyday people and, and everything in between and i kind of turned my ear to it and i was like wow that's really cool and he told me he said you know i'm going to ask her because you know, I think what you're doing out here fishing-wise and everything is just really cool and uh, the ministry that you have on the water. And I'm going to just find out if they'd be interested in doing something with a fisherman. So <laughs> I said, okay, great. You know, you always think, you know, when something's first start, you know, that's, that's you know, you may hear from them or you may not. It, it, it wasn't two weeks later I got a call from Plano, Texas, and uh, the, the, uh, the guy that was uh, the chairman over – uh, the uh, ministry had uh, called me into, you know, want, wanted to talk to me and just hear my story and tell me about what I do, tell him what about what I do. And and so uh, I went to Dallas and met with them. I actually sat down in a boardroom, and, and the first thing they said, of course, was just tell us your testimony. You know, that's that's what we want to hear. And, and uh, so I got to tell them the same way I just told you all earlier. And, you know, I'm looking across the table thinking, okay, you know, I'm finishing up and I'm thinking they're, they're fixing to run me out of here. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no way, you know, they're, they're not going to walk me, uh, around it. And, uh, after I finished, they kind of, uh, started to respond and, and feel energetic and real uh, excited about, uh, you know, what God had done in my life. And I only wanted to uh, promote I Am Second to the Fishing, but actually asked for me to come and fill my testimony uh, on the website so that it could be 
available for people to view. And yes, like you say, Todd, there's just a ton of uh, people from Brian Welch from the band Porn that uh, you know his story is so amazing. Uh, if you haven't if you haven't seen that and you want to go on there, don't worry about mine. Don't worry about anyone. Else. Go on there and watch Brian Welch from from the band Corn and see how God transformed him from his situation where he was in life to to where he is now. And uh, just an amazing thing. But the the cool part about the website is there's you know as it has grown, there's there's people. Uh, on there that have dealt with every kind of situation from marriage to uh, substance abuse to pornography to, you know, just every single thing that someone deals with in life, there's something there for it. And you can actually click on the different subtitles and find someone that uh, has a story and hear how uh, they were able to come to the point where I was and 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 submit their lives to God and allow Him to come in and change that, fix it. Hence, you know, becoming uh, second and put Christ first in their life. So that's the whole thing. That's that's what it's all about. And uh, I think if we could get up every day and and put Christ first uh, daily, we'd have a whole lot less problems than we do. Yeah, that's the truth. And that that Brian video is awesome. I've seen it. Um, yeah, great, great testimony, great story. All right, well, well, James, I want to just thank you for coming on. And do you have anything else you want to say? Or no, I appreciate you having me. I mean, it's a blessing to be able to get on uh, any opportunity and share uh, with anyone that will hear, you know, about what uh, God's done in my life and and how He's transformed me and you know used used fishing to. Um, grow his kingdom and i just you know am, am thankful for the opportunity i pray if there's anyone out there that uh is struggling like i struggled that you won't put it off another day you know tomorrow's not promised to us and and i could have very well found myself in a situation where i'm uh lost and gone forever uh through my accident but christ spared me and was able to give me a second chance and and I just pray if, you know, if, if someone out there is struggling with the same kind of addiction or bondage that, that Satan puts upon us, that uh, that they would uh, just surrender. Just just give it up. Just, just say, enough's enough. I'm tired of being sick and tired. I don't want this for myself anymore. I accept you, Jesus Christ. I, I know you're my Lord. I know you're my Savior. I know you died on the cross for my sins and I want you to come into my heart and change me and fix me and make me a new person and I guarantee if you do that he will and it'll be in a way that you could have never imagined and my life is a living example of it and I'm just so thankful for that well once again thank you so much for coming on and I'm going to say that's a wrap well thank you Todd thank you for having me